0: We'll be
1: Welcome to Talk on this Tuesday night. I actually owe the Satanists at the Noosa Temple of Satan, who I know religiously watch my show, a sincere vote of thanks for bringing the Australian Church and State Summit to the attention of the lying harlot media and subsequently the whole nation. After an understandably quiet 2020, invitations for me to speak on biblical engagement with culture have been catalyzed by the sudden mainstream profile, so thank you. What could have been a small and insignificant gathering, which might have gone unnoticed in the mainstream, is today number one most viewed in politics on the Sydney Morning Herald website. And with a clickbait headline like, the Christian Right Conference plotting a political takeover, it's no wonder. It sounds terribly sinister and conspiratorial as opposed to the non-partisan, live-streamed, public Christian event that it was. Their comments section is littered with Christophobic, radical secularists as such a headline is likely to attract. Of course, the author of the Sydney Morning Herald article isn't the most credibly objective of commentators, although no effort is made to declare his bias. His personal Facebook profile includes pictures of him standing in front of a sign promising the good news that Christ will return with his nose scrunched and his thumb down in apparent disapproval. The Kingdom of God and Biblical Christianity may not be something he's actually objective about. His other photos include the six coloured rainbow overlay of the LGBTIQAX radical political agenda, multiple pictures of him in women's clothing, a photo of him with cartoonish letters spelling the word Jew on his forehead for who knows what reason, and a promo for a pantomime blasphemously called a gay in a manger. People taking his article seriously only have themselves to blame for subscribing to partisan hackery posing as objective journalism. But that's unsurprisingly biased writer's article, then prompted another hit piece by the self-described Christian news outlet Eternity News, written by its editor-in-chief, John Sanderman. In it, he described the Sydney Morning Herald article's writer as, quote, Proof that there are still those in the major media companies that take religion seriously." End quote. Seriously? The Eternity News article was titled That white power signal resurfaces as the Christian right meets. Can you believe that? An allegedly Christian media outlet decided to publish a headline linking white supremacy and racism with a non-partisan, non-denominational, mainstream Christian event. Speakers like former Deputy Prime Minister John Anderson, Senators like Amanda Stoker, Matt Canavan, Erica Betts, Christian thought leaders like Dr Michael Brown, Carl Faiz, Lyle Shelton, Martin Isles, Wendy Francis, Professors like Margaret Somerville and Augusto Zimmerman, Journalists like Miranda Devine, Members of Parliament like Fiona Simpson, Dr. Christian Rowan, Dr. Mark Robinson and George Christensen are just some of the many people who have taken the stage at this annual Christian conference. The paying audience includes leaders from many of the major Christian organizations in the nation. Here's what one of the return attendees, Margaret Keach, had to say just yesterday about this growing annual event. Quote, Christian right or Christian left, the Church and State Summit provides a safe and respectful bipartisan space for people who follow Jesus to be informed by brilliant international and local guest speakers of the latest issues impacting our faith through culture and politics. As a former Labor Minister in the Queensland State Government, I am not always in full policy agreement with every participant. However, through attending the annual summit, I am better informed and strengthened in articulating my Christian values in a postmodern Biblical Australia. The summit uniquely provides an open and balanced forum for rigorous discussion and relationship building on how to live as a disciple of Jesus in these new days. She concludes, Be better informed, be involved, and make a difference. Join in the Church and State Summit experience." End quote. Thank you, Margaret. So much for a Christian Right event as described by the so-called journalists in their sensational headlines. But for the Bible Society owned business, Eternity News, to baselessly link a white power agenda with a mainstream Orthodox Christian event, speakers and attendees of the finest Christian character and public reputation, aside from the opinion of cynical partisan trolls, is a remarkable exercise in fake news Clickbait, further besmirching the profession they claim is worthy of honour and respect. The Satanist blog, the Sydney Morning Herald and the Bible Society all had one point of commentary in common, and that was a photo I appeared in from 2019, two years ago. In it, a member of the Proud Boys was making the common OK gesture, which irrational leftists will say is invariably a signal of white power. The problem with their absolutism is they only make this claim when someone whose politics they hate displays it, but will completely dismiss the same signal as benign if Queensland leftist Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk makes it, or American leftists Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, or Bill Clinton are photographed making the same gesture. Targets for their partisan accusations of latent racism include the Proud Boys, Donald Trump, of course, Lyle Shelton, and our Prime Minister's wife. Eternity News made efforts to mention the Christchurch mosque murderer also made this signal while handcuffed at his trial. The point an intellectually lazy reader is left to infer from the Eternity News headline and article is that's the kind of character of the Proud Boys. And without my public condemnation of them at Twitter's demand, also me. And by further extension, anyone who has anything to do with me anytime in the future." Two of those three made a mention merely in passing of the Twitter opinion of the picture Lyle Shelton tweeted to help build their weak attempt at character assassination. But John Sanderman decided his headline and whole article should be about the huge problem he perceived it to be as he also wrote about the Church and State Summit. The mind boggles. In the wake of the Eternity News hit piece, I had a slight increase in respect for the Sydney Morning Herald writer, who at least had the professionalism to attempt to contact me, not trusting him to write a fair and balanced report on the Christian event. This is the same lying harlot media who regularly pillory a preaching footballer and tennis player turned pastor for quoting unapproved scripture. I declined his invitation to comment. Now, I don't hide. I'm easily contactable if I have any time for you, as this random reporter I've never met proved. John Sanderman, on the other hand, made zero effort to contact me for comment or context before publishing his entirely subjective criticism. And we do know each other, and have had more than one long conversation in years gone by. He and I have brainstormed how the Church and State Summit can include more credible speakers from the Christian left and he should know it's a non-partisan event. He knows their absence is not because uh, I didn't invite them, but because they declined to come. Surely the point is a real journalist would at least make an effort to contact the subject of an article he is intending on writing critically about. I did contact Sanderman before I went on the public record about my criticisms of his decisions. To his credit, He spent two and a half hours on the phone with me Sunday afternoon, patiently hearing my concerns. To his further credit, he agreed to a long-form conversation with me on video for you to watch. We will talk about how to unite left and right in Christendom, I'll hear and answer his criticism of my decisions, and then it's his turn to answer my criticisms of him. But here's a few takeaways I have after the recording recording this yesterday morning and listening to it back again later. Eternity News claims to be concerned about polarized and partisan debate in Christendom and then publishes an article with the headline, That white power signal resurfaces as the Christian right meets, as if one had anything to do with the other, let alone my actual beliefs. If you believe that's not driving a giant wedge between the large majority of Christians who tend to vote right of centre and the other equally valid members of the Christian family, then I have a bridge with fantastic views to sell you. John Sanderman bemoans the ACL not keeping an open mind about the typically anti-Christian, officially pro-abortion Labor Party, and maybe he has a point. Except he then says they shouldn't even consider recommending votes for One Nation in even some electorates above the radical Labour-Greens coalition until One Nation publicly repents of their less Christian historical and current policies. John claims, I shouldn't assume motives about clearly Christophobic members of the lying harlot media, but permits himself license to assume his horrifically racist motives about people making a common gesture, who testified their only motive was provoking Twitter's outrage industry. So which is it? He says long-distance potshots are unchristian and unprofessional, but wrote this slanderous article on me and everyone associated with the Church and State Summit without so much as a phone call or request to go on the record. And after I contact him and satisfy his pedestrian concerns, as you'll see in the following interview, without apology or retraction. John Sanderman says he's concerned about the unnecessarily tribal nature of Christianity. But the articles Eternity has published about the Church and State Summit and other right-of-centre Christians so voluminously appear to be an instance of trying to help others remove the sawdust in their eyes so they can see more clearly, while denying there's a three-metre hardwood sleeper in their own. You know what? I'm sick and tired of a handful of folks on the Christian left freely publicly attacking the character of their counterparts on the more theologically conservative right merely because of differences in style and strategy, and then hypocritically complaining about hyper-polarised debate and partisanship. I don't think I've ever named and shamed a lefty Christian on such trivial matters as they have me, being the friend of sinners without clarifying I don't endorse whatever bad ideas or behaviour they may be known for. I'm delighted to be divided from unbelievers and lukewarm believers on issues God's Word is authoritative about, such as the child sacrifice industry, the sanctity of human life, God's design for sexuality and gender, the equality of dignity, freedom and real justice for every human regardless of sex, race or economic status. I'm happy to civilly and sincerely debate lesser matters of biblical wisdom with fellow believers without maligning their character or relationship with God, or over lesser matters such as style and strategy. Debate can be robust. Rhetoric can be entertaining. But without a fundamental commitment to promoting the unity of the saints and a mutual commitment to the pursuit of truth, our editorializing will descend into slanderous accusations of wicked character, will become indifferent to facts, and our publications will become no better than the world's lying harlot media. Jesus' disciples came to him concerned about someone who was casting out demons in Jesus' name because he wasn't one of them. You know what Jesus said? He said, Leave him alone. He who is not against us is on our side. One of the most significant things about the Australian Church and State Summit, bringing glory to God and in abundant evidence, is the huge progress being made in promoting the unity of the Body of Christ. One of my most fervent prayers I see being granted more every year is speakers and attendees who are Roman Catholic, Evangelical, Pentecostal, Presbyterian, Anglican, Baptist and many other denominations with obvious theological and policy differences, Joining together to agree we have one Lord uniting us all and one common enemy determined to erode the Christian values Australia was popularly founded upon both legally and socially. You want to see partisan and theological divisions actually being bridged? Come to the Church and State Summit. You want to see them being exposed and exacerbated for cheap clicks? There are plenty of self-righteous, facile writers on many Christian websites. Who have lost their way and are now giving division a better promotion than fellowship. So then I step back in a moment of reflection and ask myself, who is against me as I follow Christ? The answer this year so far is Satanists, a religious mocker from the Sydney Morning Herald and the Bible Society. I'm not the only one to notice its high time Eternity News and many of its brutally nasty writers figured out who was on their side also labouring in Jesus' name and instead invested their precious time turning the crosshairs on the real enemy, demolishing arguments and pretensions set up in opposition to the knowledge of Christ. That certainly excludes unprovoked public condemnation over differences in strategy and style. I'm following Jesus. You do you. I'm on your side, leaving you alone unless you come at me head on, as Jesus said, against us. Now, my many strong criticisms aside, I think John Sanderman deserves much applause and respect for bravely agreeing to such a full public debate of our differences, which he knew was going to include criticism of his decisions. We furiously agree. Neither of us are above valid criticism in a sincere and civil manner. And the conversations we've had both privately first and publicly, as you're about to watch, is how to go about it if you really have to John Sanderman, editor of Eternity News, thank you very much for coming on pillow talk tonight. I, I really appreciate the generosity um, of of your time and of your spirit in in having what may be a, a difficult conversation.
0: Well hello David um i seem to have a lot of difficult conversations uh, we are traversing a difficult polarized time and i think uh the tribal nature the unnecessary tribal nature of christianity is exactly tonight's topic
1: yeah uh agreed um it's it's one of my goals to to end that um and at the very least reduce it, it it may be like holding back the tide uh, in as much as tribalism uh, to a more or lesser extent extent is is human nature. Um, But I think human nature is uh, trainable um, and governable and and it's those things that I think both you and I are trying to bridge the gap of. And and so uh, I want to acknowledge right up front um, that you spent a very long time, two and a half hours on the phone with me on Sunday, um, and uh, hearing my concerns um, uh, about the article that you wrote um, about me and the Church and State Summit. Um, I also listened to your concerns, um, and we had a great philosophical discussion uh, about how we bridge this gap, and and so. One of the purposes of today is essentially so that we can, for a viewing audience, um, demonstrate how disagreement over serious issues um, can be conducted in a civil and sincere way uh, amongst believers. Um, And right before we started this interview, we both agreed in prayer and and I have absolutely no doubt for the benefit of the viewers, I have absolutely no doubt, um, about the sincerity and devotion of your relationship um, with Jesus um, and, and whatever style or strategy um, uh, disagreements we may have, uh, I think that is a unifying bond which I want to see promoted. Um, why don't we actually start from the from the back and work back to that article? I want to I guess, talk about the philosophical uh, for a short while, and and then let's talk about your criticisms of, of decisions I've made. And I wanna try and frame um, our concerns that way as, as criticism of decisions, not criticisms of individuals um, or, or characters, especially. Um, so <laughs> apologies in advance if I uh, inadvertently make any comments which seem otherwise. I, I want to talk about ideas as opposed to individuals. Um, And then we can finally um, spend some time talking about what I really didn't like about that article. Um, And and we'll come to that. So tell me what's your thoughts on the nature of things at the moment, you've referred to it as as polarised and a a feature of our time. Um, Describe the problem and describe how how you think we can, as Christians from both sides of the aisle, so to speak, um, solve that problem?
0: Part of the problem is in describing the two sides of the aisle. Um, We have groups of Christians, sincere Christians in this country, who are focused outside of church, outside of their work of evangelism, outside of their time of worship, uh, in exploring different sets of issues and it's quite irritating that we have two groups because there really shouldn't be two groups we have people who and i'll use shorthand here um, who might be described as being very concerned about refugees very concerned about climate change very concerned about that sort of issue and we have a different bunch of christians Uh, who are very focused on issues like um, same-sex marriage, um, abortion. um, And I don't want to caricature either side because it's very easy to do that. Mm. And there is in fact no centre aisle. There is a row of seats that go right across the um, auditorium. Uh, And people sit in different places and people get up and move around. But we really do not have very good means of expressing that we love each other, we're concerned for each other, and in fact, many people are concerned about a whole pile of those issues. It's not like if you care passionately about abortion that you are prevented from caring passionately about the refugee policy of the Australian government. Um, It's not actually binary. There are some life, things in life that are binary, and we might talk about them, but in terms of the spread of concern by crudely orthodox uh, Christians, and note those words, um, I think we we have a problem that we are excessively tribal.
1: I think um, one of the things you said there was uh, ways of expressing our love. We, we lack ways of expressing our love for each other. Um, and and uh, it would be very easy for me to write an article slinging off at you. Um, and yet uh, I've reached out to you directly personally first instead of publicly. And you've spent a great deal of time very generously listening to me and now agreeing to come on the show to have that conversation publicly. And I I think from each of us, that is a way of expressing love. Um, And it's something that I'd like to see more in the church, acknowledging that there are serious issues we have very different ideas about uh, amongst Christendom universally, um, that we can then as an expression of love, um, engage in meaningful conversation uh, try and hear where the other person is coming from, hear what their heart is saying, rather than rushing to conclusions about character and, and motives. Um, and so I think, uh, would you agree that, that this kind of conversation would be a great expression of love in itself, but especially if there was more of it?
0: I think this is a scale issue, and this is a particular concern of mine and why... Eternity is set up the way it is. It's set up as mass media, not narrow-caste media. And that's why it started as a newspaper with a hundred thousand circulation, which to my mind was the minimum that was required for a sort of scale that's needed. Let me give you an example of a discussion that was held recently, at Christian Leaders' roundtable in Canberra, um, where people like the head of alpha Cruises college the ceo of world vision of compassion christian schools australia was there mark spencer um, meeting with everybody from um, anthony Albanese to scott morrison and it's that level of scale that's really needed and some of those christians would have in terms of the Christian family leaned left and some of them would have leaned right and some of them would have made sure they, they weren't leaning at all in their view but it's it seems to me that's the sort of, of scale we need now there were some politicians who performed well and some politicians didn't perform well uh, in reaching out to Christians because clearly the dialogue isn't very strong and it needs to be stronger. Um, How the Christian community represents itself to the wider Australian um, public is a really interesting topic. And I'm not sure that we've really worked very hard at how we do that.
1: Mm. One of the things that the Church and State Summit tries to do uh, is to basically very strongly teach that there should be zero blind allegiances to either side of the colloquially referred to aisle. Um, there should be nobody who who says I always vote this way. Um, what I personally as the convener of the Church and State Summit try to teach is that we should be exactly in posture as Joshua was outside the city of Jericho uh, when when he was confronted by um, the stranger that he didn't know, a man with a a drawn sword in his hand and that turned out to to be Jesus or or God. Uh, And Joshua said to him, um, whose side are you on? Are you for us or are you for our enemies? And uh, and the man said, um, no. I'm the commander of the Lord's host. And Joshua fell down and worshiped him and asked him what were his commands. That's what I wanna teach, is that I don't want liberal Christians. I don't want labor Christians. I don't want left or, or right Christians. What I want is Christians, people who at least intellectually understanding that we have human biases and prejudices and, and in, innate tribalism, um, but at least consciously that first decision to is to acknowledge those things, but then choose to be undecided and choose to ask Jesus what he wants. Um, and I'm quite certain that Jesus is not a liberal, um, nor is he Labor, nor Greens, nor anything else. Um, he is the commander of the Lord's host and and so it's actually issue by issue we need to ask what his position is, because I'm quite sure that neither party aligns perfectly um, or, or any individual. Aligns perfectly with the kingdom of God, and that includes me. Um, but if we start with that intent and that conscious decision to to crucify our flesh and to um, take on the mind of Christ with with various issues, um, then we at least have a chance of reducing that tribalism. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm I'm starting to ramble, so I'll flick back to you for any thoughts. I
0: think there's a practical difficulty in what you're talking about. I think if you talk to somebody like Jim Wallace, who I spoke to recently, uh, you've got a situation where during the Rudd-Gillard-Rudd period, Jim Wallace was incredibly successful as a leader of the ACL. I'm not endorsing or not endorsing the ACL, but I think there's little doubt that he was a very, very good leader. he managed to keep Labour and Liberal uh, in alignment on the issue of same sex marriage. The difficulty you've got now is that the danger is that Christians get shoved across into belonging to one particular party. Now, it's most clearly seen in the United States, where there is a line that goes you need to care passionately about abortion. We've got a narrow majority of Christians operating on the what's called the uh, red line of the aisle, the red being Republican and therefore all Christians should vote Republican. And that what ha- happens when you have a Democrat administration? Let's transfer that to Australia increasingly you've got a situation where some christians and i think jim is probably one of them is convinced there's only one alternative for christians to vote for and that's the what you would call the np up in queensland or other smaller parties to the right of them so for example one of the big players in lobbying for christianity i'm not gonna name which one because it's a person uh I know is written off by the Labour Party as a wholly owned subsidiary of the Liberals. So you get to the point where uh, we we have a dilemma, we have a dilemma between the interaction which you were talking about, people's openness to the spirit and being spiritually healthy in essence, and the political system. I'm not pretending I know the answer, David, so do not ask me that question. (laughs) But I think, there is, I think there is a genuine dilemma for Christians, and if we become attached to one side of politics or the other, regardless of the rightness or wrongness of those positions, we are placed in a dilemma.
1: Well, I think we're in furious agreement that we shouldn't be um, blindly attached to one side of politics or the other. Um,
0: David, my point point is not whether we should be blindly attached or not because I'm not accusing those, for example, who are very firm coalition supporters and something like 60% of churchgoers, including, interestingly enough, United 19 church, churchgoers, support the coalition Um, and I'm not accusing them of being blind or of anybody who votes labour of being blind the difficulty we've got is that um, the aftermath of the plebiscite and some other issues have sort of led us to the feeling that christianity is aligned to one side of politics or the other and that might be right or that might be wrong well all i'm doing is pointing out that creates a dilemma when the other side is in power
1: yeah, it, it certainly does. I see what you're saying. Um, let me put it to you, though, that um, there are many, let's say, right of centre Christians in Australia right now who are under the impression um, that the Labor Party has given up on Christians. And and um, it, it's not a blame game. It's that we would sincerely love to see um, some equal treatment in, in their platform and, and policies, but that we actually feel there is a deep-seated popular antipathy towards us and our views and our values, and that they have left us with little other conclusions. Now, I continue in the presence of that perceived reality. I'll qualify um, my, my statements. But in, in the presence of that perceived reality, um, it, I continue to say don't make party decisions, make local decisions. Genuinely consider every single person who's standing for election in your electorate and compare them to the Kingdom of God, compare them to Christian values. Ask Jesus what what issues are breaking his heart which these candidates may or may not be standing for and then ask them to represent you. Now, hypothetically, if there was only one candidate in my electorate who would take a bold stand in parliament against the uh, abortion industry in Australia, if that person belonged to the Greens party, they would have my vote, my donations, and my volunteerism. Um, I would, hypothetically, I don't think that's a chance of, of happening realistically, but hypothetically, I would consider that the most, not the single issue, but the most important issue um, in my electorate. Now, that's just to be an illustration um, that, that um, we need to not be attached to a party. Uh, and, and if we would dismiss a candidate because of the party that they belonged to, I would criticise that as blind loyalty. Or, or by the same token, if I would look away from the deficient policies of somebody just because they were in my preferred party, that would also be be blind loyalty. Um, your reflections on that?
0: I think you're being unrealistic, sadly. I wish you weren't, I didn't have to say that to you. If you look at uh, New South Wales, uh, the abortion law reform, which, yes, did liberalise the um, the abortion law, was passed under a coalition government. A very strong coalition government. I mean, uh, Ms Gladys Berejiglian, not about to be kicked out. Mm. Look across to South Australia, where there's a uh, abortion bill live, under a coalition government. So Great. the idea that... There is we we like the Americans where you have a abortion party an anti-abortion party you can choose. The reality is that in Australia, the abortion is so overwhelmingly popular that you're only going to get fringe parties to vote for, and then you end up with something like the ACL endorsing One Nation. Now. I'm not sure that's a great answer either. So I go back to what I said before. There is a dilemma facing Christians. The dilemma is simply that we don't fit. We don't fit either party. We will never fit either party. We never did fit other party. And that's reality.
1: Now, haven't you just done what you said shouldn't be done and made a broad sweeping statement uh, about the possibility of, of supporting a party in, in saying, in, in suggesting and implying that it was in, at some level unconscionable for the ACL to endorse a particular party, the One Nation Party? Well, let me
0: say the basis of what I'm saying is of what scripture says, which is that we are citizens, not of this world. We are sojourners and pilgrims on the earth. So, I spent a lot of my life in a significant minority as a Christian, tiny minority as a Christian, working in various workplaces. Uh, I think many Christians have lived as though they are in the majority and they will think about there is a silent majority out there that will vote Christianly in society. That's not true. That may have been true once, It's certainly not true now. Christendom is no longer with us. We are living, as some people say, in a post-Constantinian world. And that's reality. We are here as a minority, uh, living in a a society that is is not full of Christians. Just reality. Um, I worked for a long time in newsrooms, certainly not full of Christians. I belong to a, uh, my first um, employment was in the Australian Union of Students, I was the only non-Marxist in the building. Now I'm used to being in a minority as a Christian, I think it's possibly time for the rest of you to catch
1: up with me. So forgive me John, I, I'm not sure I Understood your answer from there. Um, I'm challenging what you've you've said about one nation as being consistent with other major leaders having a, a firm position on the Labour Party.
0: I'm a little puzzled by what you're saying, so I'll give you I'll give you an answer. Um I think for ACL to endorse the One Nation Party, and I'm realize I'm talking to a Queenslander. <laughs> but it seems to me that There is actually a difference between the states and how politics runs. So, I imagine a lot of people in Queensland at various stages have voted One Nation. Maybe a lot of conservative Christians have. In the rest of Australia, that actually comes across as a bit weird. And that's simply the reality. Um, Some of what you're saying, we were relatively... um, Moderate Labor Party and um, a, uh, and the Queensland setup. Of course, things are different elsewhere, uh, and that's one of the difficulties we've got. We've got different political cultures in Australia, and some of it's geographic. Some of it extends, what, what whatever. How Christians operate in Victoria and the dilemmas they face are probably a little bit different from Queensland.
1: I think um, what you're essentially critiquing is is the strategy um, that the ACL made, uh, but you're taking a step too far, and if I, I may use the word conflating their voting preference um, Uh, guide, their their how to vote card that they letterboxed in, in targeted selected electorates with an endorsement. Now, I think what they did was not an endorsement holus bolus of either Pauline Hanson, every policy she's ever made or every position she's ever had or the One Nation party as a whole, but rather saying in this election, in these electorates, this is the order in in which uh, these candidates um, should be voted for to strategically give Christian values the best chance in our nation, um, and I, I think it's unfair, unfair, to to then use the word endorse, um, and I, I think that's um, essentially the the opposite of what you are saying. Is that at elections we need to give every party uh, a a fair hearing on what their policies are and then make a decision. Um, But you're resenting the decision that they made because it's a particular party. It seems like an each way bet. I think you, uh, let me unpack
0: that and it could take a bit of time because you raised lots of different issues. The difference between telling somebody, making a recommendation on how to vote and endorsement, I think if we laboured for long enough, we might be able to set up a little bit of daylight between those two concepts, but not a lot of daylight, no more than the credit card.
1: May I offer some help?
0: No, can I finish what I was going on to say? Because I think the the real difficulty with the how to vote card from ACL or Family Voice, or maybe a lefty one if it's somebody from the left put one out, is there's a restricted level of issues so it's quite a small list of issues now i can call you know if if you want we can go through the list of issues raised in the acl um voter guide i simply want to suggest that perhaps there are more issues that christians might want to vote on and this gets really to the heart of our discussion that when you're talking about christian values working out what is your list of christian values and what is the list therefore what are the list of issues you wish to cast your vote with regard to is a big issue and different christians will come at it slightly differently we're all going to be in heaven together some people will have prioritized abortion pornography. Other people might prioritize climate change and the difficulty I've got and it's in fact this difficulty you've got as well because we share the same problem enough for different christians to have different priorities this side of heaven we're not going to agree the top 10 of federal or state election priorities between all the people who are orthodox, traditional, creedal Christians. Uh, And I simply want to suggest that we have to have a little bit of forbearance and realise that endorsing a political fringe party like One Nation is a little bit eyebrow-raising for many Christians and it's in fact quite a radical act now i'm not saying they're wrong i'm not saying they don't have a right to do it i'm simply saying at that point it's hard to argue that that particular voter guide is speaking for all christians in the same way that you have to you you have a tremendously difficult task of running a summit or a conference that fairly reflects where christians are at, and the concerns and desires and questions of christians really difficult to do and you have a lot of my sympathy because i have similar problems uh, with my task we might end up in slightly different places or maybe even radically different places Mm. I remember, way back when, uh, when I was involved in student politics, I knew that I had a instinctive relationship with the Democratic Labour Party people, the um, Tony Abbott people who were, were present, simply because we shared Christianity. We might just differ on other quite important issues that were what might be voted on, But there there is an essential spiritual unity between Christians. So we need to work out ways of acknowledging that while allowing for debate as well. Is that easy? No, it's not.
1: In in John and my conversation on Sunday, um, I spoke over him and interrupted him a lot. And he was very gracious with me. Um, And I had to give him my deepest assurances that he would get a a fair and to the best of my abilities, uninterrupted hearing in a a show that would be broadcast as a courtesy to him and as a courtesy to you, the listener, who he was also concerned about. Um, So when I let John finish what he's saying there, it's not because of lack of things to say, just as an aside. But um, let me see if I can um, remember the mental list I made Um, as as you um, said that then, John. Uh, The daylight between an endorsement and a how to vote card is that one way of completing a how to vote card is by choosing those people who best align with your values first and saying, this is the person for me and working your way through to somebody who is the least representative of you. Another way of doing it and perhaps the most useful way of doing it in my mind is to actually start with the least representative person of you, the person who is most toxic, most dangerous, most threatening and risky for the future of your nation, your state, your electorate, and then working your way backwards to the person who is least toxic. And therefore it's, to my mind, not a comment on the glowing credentials of One Nation, but on the the terrible distance the Labor Party has gone from Christian policies and values, such as the sacred right to human life, um, forcing human, forcing taxpayers to subsidise things which violate their conscience so egregiously as they do. Uh, if Labor are un- unhappy and if the Christian left is unhappy with Labor being less desirable to the Australian Christian lobby and me, or, or those on the Christian right, generally speaking, I'm sure nobody cares what I think, um, then perhaps they should join the Labor Party and be part of saving it, of influencing it and, and fixing its, its problems. Because that's the solution I'm advocating for Christians on the right who feel the Liberal Party doesn't um, represent them on both sides, that's, that's my suggestion. So the daylight, the chasms of daylight between an endorsement and a voting guide is simply we're saying this is the order in which these people uh, can be good for Australia, um, which is in no means an endorsement at all. Secondly, a large portion of your criticism or or contemplation just then presumes that the ACL is seeking to represent all Christianity in Australia as a homogenous unit. Uh, And I don't think they've ever made that claim. I don't think that's anywhere on their website or in their rhetoric. Um, I just don't think it's a fair assumption or or premise at all. Um, But if they were, uh, what they are is a group of, of, it's an organisation with a very large membership and a very valid voice in the public square. And trying to regulate that is to try and regulate the voice of those members the members of which far outnumber the membership of the National Labor Party or the National Liberal Party. If they were a political party by membership, they would be the biggest party in Australia. Uh, Now, if people don't align with what ACL articulates as as, uh, policy preferences, then I think the instruction uh, that Jesus gave the disciples, if they're not against us, leave them alone, is a very, very good instruction. And, And I think that goes a long way to talking about how we can reserve our comments in public debate to the issues instead of to criticisms of how other parts of the body of Christ are operating in style or or strategy.
0: I agree with you that the ACL doesn't claim to represent all of Australian Christianity. Um, I've had to point that out myself to various people. I think that's a fair point. However, What I will say is that for them to suggest that the best voting option is is Pauline Hanson's party is perhaps a little surprising and may not represent their full membership. I, I want to express it as mildly as that because it's not meant to be anything other than an observation that it was surprising that to me at least and I'm just an individual, that they suggested people vote for One Nation.
1: Now, just on maybe
0: One Nation, that- let me finish. It may be that One Nation will evolve. It's very interesting to watch Mark Gratham in New South Wales and
1: exactly.
0: the way he's pursuing his agenda and the influence of certain staff members. I think that is interesting. But I think they need to do something about the, the racial politics of their past. And it may be either that Mark Latham splits from the Queensland version of One Nation, becoming Two Nations, or that the party manages to, manages to evolve away from some of the unfortunate things that have been said in the past.
1: We've touched on some themes that I, I haven't gone to yet because they're going to be a major focus um, in, in, our, in our discussion coming. Um, and one of those is, uh, I guess, your freedom um, felt to criticise the strategy of, of people like the Australian Christian Lobby, Lyle Shelton, uh, myself, and, and the Church and State Summit. And I know that you empathise with the difficult positions each of us are in, being yourself, in a difficult position, you've told me off-camera that you're getting some vicious attacks from the Christian left. Um, uh, maybe a better word is passionate criticism. Uh, phrase it how you prefer, but uh, you're certainly being um, criticised for decisions you've made by the Christian left as well as the the Christian right. Um, so let's come to your criticisms of decisions that I've made, and let's see if uh, I can. Concede any ground you would like me to or explain any that I can't.
0: I really only have one criticism, and that is having um, read an article in the Herald that mentioned a certain picture that I believe you should have distanced yourself from the Proud Boys. Now, I accept, and um, that there is an argument that you want to evangelise the power boys. I get that, but rather like the, and this, this flows on from our earlier discussion about ACL and their voting cards. And ACL perfect freedom to put out whatever voting cards they like. You have perfect freedom to associate with whom you like. I make the criticism that you probably should have distanced yourself from that group now on the face of it I think that's a pretty mild criticism but perhaps it landed on you a bit harder but it's not a criticism of the and State Summit which I've never been to I don't really know who spoke at this one this more recent one and i'm looking forward to being able to see the videos which you will um, undoubtedly put up i think that's uh, i i suspect like everything else that we've talked about this morning sorry tonight <laughs> that the church and state summit eternity acl are all imperfect and sometimes our various imperfections rub up against each other. It's better for us to have iron sharpening iron than to have one hand clapping. And so being able to debate these issues is very important. And so, you know, you're having a variety of opinions on your show is, and I urge you go border, uh, because I think your criteria should be anybody you suspect is going to be in heaven with you should be fair game for you to interact with. That's my point.
1: Yeah, and, and I have some serious problems with what you articulated, so let me respond and, and then you can clarify if I've heard Things you you didn't intend to say in your articulation. Um, I won't distance myself from people. Uh, And what you've asked me to do and and what my critics have asked me to do is distance myself from the Proud Boys. I won't. Um, I'll happily admit on the public record I have gone to the pub with them and had drinks with them and and, uh, enjoyed um, friendship with them. What I'm happy to distance myself from is bad ideas. So I have fellowshiped with abortionists and people that the Christian left will condemn as white supremacists inaccurately. The people that I hang out with elect non-whites as their leaders. That's a terrible, terribly amateur way to be a racist. Uh, And if anybody wants me to condemn racism, as if any question remains, happy to do so. The Bible very clearly teaches, and I wholeheartedly agree, that every single human of every single ethnicity, colour, tribe, creed, language, culture is equally made in the image of God, deserving of dignity and and all human rights, opportunity and, and freedoms that anybody else does, whether they're in the minority or the majority, uh, that everybody should be treated exactly the same. Racism is a very anti-Christian attitude and and behaviour. The Bible very clearly teaches there is now therefore in Christ no longer male nor female, slave nor free, Jew nor Greek, neither gender nor economic status nor ethnicity um, divides us especially in Christ. Um, but when it, when I'm asked to distance myself from people, well, that just limits and cuts off those people from my reach. That cuts off any opportunity for relationship through which I have an opportunity to influence their ideas. And I have not gone to them seeking an audience. They have paid money to be in my audience, Hearing the ideas of both me and my invited guests so that they can be uh, better informed and hopefully make better decisions. Uh, so that's that's the the number one thing. Now, um I'm not sure if you want to talk any any more uh, about that, but essentially that's why I've never made a statement about that uh that photo, because they were people who paid to to come and hear me. Um, come and be in in a forum where lots of people, there was absolutely no screening of people coming to to a public forum um, to share a meal beforehand and be exposed to some ideas from the Centre for Independent Studies, a completely secular event um, about important intellectual issues, which weren't religious um, and I have no idea what other ideas may have been held by people in that audience that I didn't agree with. Um, and to take a selfie with people and celebrate the event it has chasms of daylight between that and an endorsement of everything they ever said, believed or did. So when I
0: say distance yourself from the playboys, obviously I don't mean never talk to somebody in the power boys but i think expressing a disagreement publicly with their ideas as i suspect you have done today is a good idea it didn't hurt has saying what you have said about race today hurt your relationship with those people they risk they if they're worthwhile people to talk to will respect moderately expressed disagreement and that's all i called for so thank you for expressing your racial view as being somewhat separate from the proud boys now the Proud boys leader in the united states is cuban half cuban american um, so the question of their relationship with white supremacy is actually quite complicated and will take us down a real rabbit hole but this question of how some of the right wing groups in the states operate as making an illusion, adopting little hand signals. Um, I think the French term a paque les bourgeois is probably a good description of what they're doing. That means to mock the middle class. I think this this uh, use of humor and suggestion and then morphing towards perhaps more sinister stuff is a uh, is a mark of that particular sort of group it's actually quite a clever strategy Mm. because it makes it very difficult to say at this point they're wrong because is the hand gesture or the uh, little phrase um, mockery of the left or is it an endorsement of something more sinister? By your future, you know them. So the the Wall Street Journal has compiled um, a video dossier and explored the critical place of the Proud Boys in the storming of the Capitol. Now it seems to me that it may have been that there was a group of people uh, you interacted with. At one point, they seemed to be moving in a certain direction, but then they didn't. But the proud boys, at least in the United States, have certainly um, established themselves as a problematic group. And I think there is an issue for Christians. I think the issue for Christians is distinguishing, and remember, as Eternity has reported, there were Christian symbols, there was praying, there was all sorts of stuff going on, during that invasion of the capital. And so we're we're at the um, situation with uh, when National Review was started by William F. Buckley. It's a 1955 moment for Christians. There was at that stage a group called the John Birch Society, which was essentially McCarthyist in orientation and was welding conservative Christianity To a set of quite right, quite right-wing, and I'm not saying (laughs) you're in their league far to your right, uh, David principles. So William F. Buckley started National Review to articulate a reasoned, well thought-out conservatism, Christian conservatism, and I think they have succeeded in their model. And I think the challenge for all of us is, is to encourage well thought out Christianity um, to uh, if if it is to be on the right, to distinguish itself from some of the other forces on the right that claim to be Christian. And the same applies on, on the left. And it's quite a confusing time at the moment. Um, I I think if the um, uh, Church and State Summit, and I wish it all the best, goes forward, it will be part of articulating reasoned, well-argued
1: Christian ideas. So to the the photo, which is now two years old, with an an event that was two years old in a, a bowls club in Brisbane somewhere, Uh, One of the reasons that I've refused to engage the debate around this is because the call is for essentially an extension of cancel culture. Uh, Distance yourself from these people. Have nothing to do with them. Wash your hands of them. Disown them. Uh, If anybody had have asked them, let alone me, are you racist? Do you have uh, an understanding of, of what that okay gesture means? Um, in the context that you did it, Um, then, I mean, their criticism could be credited as sincere and civil, but instead they made assumptions of motive, assumptions of character, uh, and the debate well and truly left a debate around ideas and became a debate around individuals and identities. Now. In the picture that was published by those detractors, uh, those people who rub their hands gleefully when they sense a gotcha moment for Lyle Shelton, in the picture was a Maori man who was the leader, the elected leader of those people at the table. You referenced a, um, a an American Cuban leader in America, yet in this picture they were eating with and uh, deferring to as their superior, their leader, a Maori man from New Zealand, and they're allegedly called white supremacists. Now, here again, we have the toxic war on culture from the left that takes what could be a civil debate and sincere debate around ideas and descends it descends the debate uh, into the toxic gutter Uh, through their strategy of character assassination. Now, again, I'm not interested in defending the Proud Boys. I'm interested in defending the record. Uh, I think, let me give you my criticisms of the Proud Boys. Um, I think they're uncouth, uh, I think they're ruffians, and that's not who I want to be around. I don't like their strategies. Um, I don't think that their way of fighting the culture war is effective or useful, and to the contrary, it discredits the whole of us and and brings us down. I also do not think they are endemically racist. Of course, there are racists among them. There are racists in my church, in every church, in the parliament, in the Boy Scouts group, in any large enough collection of people. There are going to be people with character problems, jerks. That that is not. Uh, unsurprising. Uh, but I don't think that they've ever said that they don't like black people and they think white people are supreme. What they have said they think is supreme is the Western culture, um, which which we are all the beneficiaries and recipients of. Uh, and that is a point which could be argued without resorting to character assassination. And I'm sure the left have some very good arguments for that. If only they would stick to ideas instead of individuals and characters Um, and so yeah i will continue to allow um, fellowship and and participation in debate from the people i disagree with the most strenuously and have the least in in common with and if somebody wants to ask me so pedestrian a question as to if i subscribe to or endorse bad ideas then just ask the question instead of coming out um, and attributing motives and character without any effort at sincere or civil engagement. Now, again, nobody asked those people at that table, uh, including the man who made that okay gesture, whether or what their motives or incentives were. I did. I didn't know him from a bar of soap. I had to call a friend of a friend of a friend to get his phone number. He took my call, And I can tell you that after interviewing him over the phone, my honest assessment of him was that there was far more naivety than malice. He had no idea it was... I I couldn't believe he didn't know, but I did believe he was not trying to mislead me. Um, He just thought he was trolling leftists, which that is the nature of the Proud Boys. That is true to selves. They love provoking and poking the bear and getting a response. They're brawlers and ruffians by nature. And that's the nature of of what they have in common. They love just being lads and letting um, proper behavior go to the side. And that's not me. And that's why I'm not a part of them. But far too many people prefer to attribute to malice what can be simply explained by ignorance. Uh, And that is why I have not wanted to engage in this at all. I'm
0: simply going to say, I suggested you needed to distance yourself from the power boys you just have. Thank you.
1: Well, my my pleasure. Um, and and I think that's as pedestrian a conversation as the one that some people suggest I need to have with my sons about consent. Uh, when such a conversation is redundant given the significantly higher standards, they consistently hear and, and see from me. Uh, it, it's a metaphor. Uh, And again, for anybody to ask that question about me um, would be evidence of a lack of sincerity uh, on their part to my mind. The next topic I wanna talk about is the fact that that event two years ago and that photo, uh, and uh, yeah, that photo were um, mentioned as a byline, uh, an attempt to discredit me in the Sydney Morning Herald by its author. Excuse me. Um, now, you picked up that article and you chose to make it and your previous article uh, the basis for a new article that you did, uh, which was titled, and this is, this is the bone I have to pick with you um, as Christian brothers who will love each other, shake hands before and after our, our debate. Uh, you've made some significant changes to this, but I want to talk about the original article because that is the problem I had. Um, original headline was that white power signal resurfaces as the Christian right meets, uh, and then the article had lots of errors. In fact, uh, I think about five when I when I counted, um, and. And it really painted the church and state summit in a very bad light. Now this isn't an ego invested thing, there are a lot of speakers, very good people of very fine character who both spoke at and took the platform at that summit and who parted with good money and attended uh, that summit and they are not some radical fringe group, they are mainstream common sense Christians who have a very orthodox view of God and doctrine and society. Michael Koziel in his article suggested there was a plot to take over, uh, using words usually attributed um, to to bad character and nefarious or illegal um, activities or or conspiracies, uh, when in fact um, the evidence of the entire content of the summit was that it was very much just about giving Christians more information and encouragement to be involved in the democracy that we're invited to to be involved in. But you, again I want to give you credit for when after a long conversation with me, which you very patiently listened to me criticising your article, um, you did make some some big changes. You corrected the obvious errors, in fact. For example, claiming Lyle Shelton and Craig Kelly were speakers there when they were not. From someone who, who I believe sincerely wants to stop the divide of, of left and right, I, I think you slammed a wedge into it uh, with the language and, and even choice to publish that article. And you didn't even call me for any comment or context before publishing it which I think is the minimum and it's certainly what I've done before I've published any criticism of your decisions uh, and so in summary I'm sorry to say I think it was a very poor lazy piece of journalism
0: I think the number one problem we have by the way it's we publishing a piece so I'm not sure it needed to be re-reported, but you can have your own view. I think the problem I encountered was your refusal to, up until this point, to distance yourself from the Proud Boys. That's the whole point of the bit. It's not about the church and state summit, sorry to get the name wrong. It's about that photo and that photo refusal to distance yourself i think and as calmly and as gently as i can i want to say to you not your finest hour now we all have non-fine hours i think one of the things we need to do is to engage around the christian thing not around oh i'm on the Conservative, and therefore, I'll be nice to conservatives and you know, attack the left, and for people who might be further left within Christianity to attack the right and give a free pass to the left. I think that's a real problem. I think it's going on. I would lo- love you to broaden, and i this is not a criticism because I know it is within your heart to broaden the church and state Con- conference. I think. There is an interesting title that um, the New South Wales Presbyterians have adopted for their, what used to, in the old days, used to be called Church and Nation Committee, and they call it Gospel Society and Culture. And I think that's, illustrates that there's something in the middle called society. So you've got the nation and the nation state and elections and all that stuff. And you've got the gospel from which you're proceeding, but within that there's society. And it's like the oft-repeated thing that politics is downstream of a culture. So a lot of the mega answers to the questions that you raise, and raise quite rightly, from such things as abortion and many other issues, is we need to be investing in our culture, in our local, Culture and then into the broader culture. And I'm sure you agree with me. I think this is a point of agreement. Hmm. Um, and if I'm disappointing you by <laughs> agreeing with you, well, you know, that's all. No, not in the least. Uh, um,
1: I think we agree about far more than we disagree.
0: You know, so we disagree about one small thing, which is one tweet. Um, we probably disagree about the best way to tackle the culture war. But we haven't really discussed that. And we've imposed on listeners by this stage far too long anyway. Uh, so there's some interesting things to tease out as we continue to try and work out how to be effective Christian communicators. Mm. Um, and we are in a difficult situation because the a lot of what we're operating within uh, comes from a different culture from America. So, for example, you had, and I think it was quite a wise choice, you had um, Michael Brown as a keynote last time. And to some extent, our hands are tied. We've got a whole pile of people wanting to gallop over to the right and a whole pile of people wanting to gallop over to the left. Can I suggest that seeking the company of people who simply agree with you I'm not talking about your conference. I'm talking about the general tribalism we're experiencing where I'm in the middle of a couple of rebellions or movements of people within the eternity community, some of which clearly want us to move left, some of which would say you really need room for right opinion. And we want to be brought. We really want to be bored. But I know that genuinely upsets some Christians. They don't want to be bored. And it's the same problem you've got. You've got you've built a constituency. But I think the way ahead for you is to expand that constituency. And I think that's really hard. Um, that's part of my motivation for saying, please reconsider um, and open up the topic of the Power Boys, because it actually will serve you better if you do.
1: The problem is, your article wasn't just about that tweet. Your headline intrinsically linked that tweet, that photo, that event, from two years ago, with this event from last week, from the end of February. The headline says, that white power signal resurfaces. If that's all you wanted to say, that's where where the headline should have stopped. But you intrinsically linked it in the headline for perhaps a less sophisticated audience to maybe misunderstand what you were trying to do with as the Christian right meets, which in itself is not an accurate or fair representation certainly of the intentions of the Church and State Summit. Uh, It's simply not a meeting of the Christian right. It's a meeting of Christians. Um, but that being a, a topic I want to get to, you linked the two and, and now there's this article out there from you, and frankly I think you owe an apology to the readership for suggesting or allowing to be inferred that there's any link at all between the church and state summit, its attendees and its speakers, and white supremacy, racism or the Proud Boys. And I'm happy to admit for the record, there were one or two Proud Boys in attendance at that event again. And their agenda did not get a platform and they were not endorsed. They were simply interested in learning, listening, and hearing what the speakers have to say. But the implication that therefore all should be tainted by that brush from an event, from a photo two years ago, when it should be, look, if, if that was your concern, why didn't you pick up the phone with me and have an interview and get a commentary and ask me about my position and say hey this is resurfaced again it seems to be a persistent problem um why aren't you going to come on the record for it
0: well we've done it today you might have felt it should have happened in eternity well it's an exclusive on the uh, on paletal and happy to give you that um, territory Uh, but seriously david the, the I am sitting here talking to the link. I'm talking to the living link. I think you were in the photo, weren't you?
1: Weren't yes. you, famous, notorious, headless man? Um, there was... No, no, I was in the photo. Some people may have edited it, cropped it out to focus on Lyle, but um, I was there doing the uh, the Winston Churchill V gesture, V for yes. victory, which again was cheeky th- and provocative.
0: Well, I hope you had your fingers around the right way.
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. I did it the way Winston Churchill did it. Um, wh- why Why was there a need for this article at all? Why was there a need to attack uh, some people who you know are sincere disciples of Jesus trying to do their best, uh, linking it to the, the church and state summit, taking your cue from... A person, a writer at the Sydney Morning Herald, whose personal Facebook profile has has very, very hostile photos in it to Christianity, hostile to Christianity. Uh, he's clearly no friend, has an axe to grind. Um, you can attribute motives to the Proud Boys and, and to me, but um, I can just as easily attribute motives to him. You've taken a cue from them um, and... You know, the Bible Society shouldn't be happy to publish this kind of undeserving um, attacks and maligning the reputation on co-laborers uh, in the kingdom of God. I mean, if you want to have a debate about strategy, do that. But this is just uh, going beyond the pale.
0: view, yes, I think you are entirely open to criticism for not distancing yourself From the power boys and it's as simple as that look again i agree with you
1: that's a fair criticism but the right professional christian way to go about it is start with a personal conversation and say hey we're on the record i want to publish my criticism about you Um, tell me what your intentions were tell me what your defense is
0: i think the this links into what's going on at eternity where we're coming under fire for publishing James Ferguson. Now, I think there is an element to which everybody is inclined to want a very protected environment where there's no criticism of them.
1: That's not what I'm saying at all, John.
0: Well, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that... Um, I, I think it was a fair call to republish an article because the uh, hand signal had resurfaced in public media. That doesn't mean I endorse any or everything that um, Michael Cosio writes. He's a ger- journalist on a on the Sun Herald, um, where I used to work. Um, not that my, our paths ever crossed, but I, of course have some degree of residual fellow feeling for journalists and journalism. And the newsroom is an experience that never leaves you. Um, Having said that, I think, um, yes, there is a a element within journalism, always was, certainly was around when I was there. And I was the person running the Bible study, being an open Christian in the newsroom. Okay, um, so perhaps even more than you, I know what it would like to deal with on a daily basis, the Michael Kozios and other such people of the world. And I think there is a real need for Christians to get in there and engage. And I am somewhat of a critic about taking long distance pot shots at them. I think it's much better uh, and this might reflect your views about the powerboys much better to have at least some degree of personal engagement rather than simply taking pot shots. I think we need to be careful about what we say about other human beings. I really do. I have not said terribly much about the Proud Boys except to say they used a the symbol they shouldn't have used.
1: Well, I, I disagree with you um, on, on the on the facts. You feel it's unfair to take long-distance potshots at the mainstream media and infer their motives uh, from their fruit, Uh, but you then take long-distance potshots without any conversation at the Church and State Summit, at me, uh, again, without any... And and you have my phone number. Michael Koziol tried to contact me and I didn't want to talk to him uh, because I didn't trust him to represent... Uh, fairly uh, both sides of the story surprise surprise uh, that was borne out in his article Um, but you didn't even try to contact me before taking a long-distance pot shot at me you didn't try to print both sides of the story you just maligned uh, those and what do you mean you don't say bad things about the proud boys in your article they're referred to without balance as neo-fascists Uh, where's the evidence for that?
0: Look, I describe what other people have described them as. That's true. Um, But I haven't personally engaged with them and said these guys um, are terrible human beings. My view is that to better serve the Christian, the body of Christ, the credibly orthodox body of Christ, um, church and state should be a little broader than just saying conservative Christians and let, me, let me clarify,
1: conservative Christian is not the same as Christian conservative Conservative Christian is uh, exchangeable with the word orthodox
0: Okay, I think orthodox probably is a more clarifying word There are at least five different meanings of the word conservative as used in Australian politics I mean, I think if you want to say theologically conservative, that's one thing. Um, the problem. That the would problem be you've got, Yeah, yeah. The problem you've got is that, and I know it's a problem. It's 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 maybe even be a unsolvable problem in the present circumstance of having politicians from one particular side of the aisle as featured speakers. I, I acknowledge you have an issue, I acknowledge it, it, it's difficult, but when you then use the word conservative, do you mean theologically, do you mean politically, you know, well, I, I mean people-
1: theologically, and thank you for the opportunity to clarify the use of the term in the context that was given just now, um, there were left-wing politicians there, uh, Margaret Keach A former labor member of the uh, Labor government here in in Queensland um, has attended two years in a row um, and She loves the event. She doesn't feel like it's a a right-wing event Um, And and yet that is what your headline reflected the difficulty of putting um, left-wing politicians up is that it's very hard to find a left-wing politician who is theologically conservative and agreeable to to accepting the invitation. Uh, that's not a facet of the event, that's a facet of the left.
0: I'm, I think it might be more complex than that. And from a distance, I'm not going to try a diagnosis of the particular organisational difficulties you might face you know i I want to be sympathetic and um, resolve from criticism because I, i i think it is but it's about the difficulty we have at the present moment uh where society is polarized and christianity is tribal and that's where we started that is one of that is the difficulty you you've got um i've been critical of such things as the ACL uh, voter card, or um, the lack of distancing by you personally from the Proud Boys, which I think to some extent we've um, corrected tonight. And thank you for doing that. I think that is a really helpful thing. I think that is helpful for the functioning of the body of Christ.
1: I take you as a sincere critic, and and that's why I've responded to your request for clarification, and v- nobody else's to date. Um, and I hope, if not an apology for that article, you at least uh, print a or, or write a story uh, about your successes and or and or failures, c- remaining criticisms, um, subsequent to to this published interview
0: i think that well i will note that nathan campbell has written a piece which touches on your conference which he possibly won't like um and i think that i would like to view the videos of your conference before i I write about it i think um, it would have been preferable to go there but you know hey we can't always go where we want to go um i think
1: John, the problem I have is that you didn't need that context before you wrote your critical article. So if your article was only about the tweet and you now have a full context and response from me regarding that tweet, what would stop you writing just as long and uh, instructive an article uh, clarifying the record? I'm sitting
0: here having an interview with you and I will think about and a million other things happening, I'm afraid, I will think about what I have time to write about, what my priorities are, um, uh, when I get a moment where I'm not sitting talking to you. Um, I'm not going to make a decision like that on the fly, and I suspect you don't make your decisions on the fly either. I'm sure you think things through
1: carefully. Very true. And, and look, uh, I... I wish it hadn't been worth your time to write the article in the first place and I have to acknowledge you have invested many hours in answering my concerns both privately and and on my show here now for for which I am am grateful and I don't want to appear ungrateful. I would like the entire audience who's heard your opinion uh, about me and 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 I think it's very obvious from the Facebook comments beneath your article uh, that they've inferred a great deal about the Church and State Summit uh, and the speakers that, that went there as well. And so it'd be nice to have them of an accurate understanding of my position and the, the nature of the summit, the speakers and attendees as well. Um, I will, of course, send you the recordings. In, in fact, I may even do so today um, without having to pay for them because I want you to have a full context unfiltered opportunity to report as you see fit um, on the nature of the summit and will certainly make myself available for you as a sincere critic I don't hold myself beyond criticism um, but I do imagine that somebody sincere and civil like you would go to the effort of having a prior conversation before publishing that that criticism um, and I'm going to publish criticism uh, which is in this and, and an article as well but, having this conversation first, to make sure I can, as best as possible, reflect your intent as well as as well as the actual decisions um, which ensued. Um, I want to bring this to an end simply out of respect for your time and the viewers. Uh, do you feel there 's anything else that le- left unsaid or, or needs clarifying?
0: I think this is part of a very long conversation.
1: Not necessarily
0: between David Pellow and John Sandman, but between Christians in general in Australia. And that, that needs to be understood. You know, this is a small incident. Somebody took a photo. Um poor David suffered his the indignity of having his head cropped out, but um, the significance was not his head, but he but the I, arms I don't know where my head was
1: cropped out. That's never been relevant or even known by me.
0: Well, you know it's it's on well, if you saw what I wrote, it's the photo that goes with it, which I think was what was tweeted by um Lyle, but he's taking down his tweet, so we
1: can't establish that um, and the, the full photo original is on my website. well good on you um I think that's
0: that shows uh admirable openness um i think we need to keep the record of whatever we've said whatever opinions we have and we can take it on the chin that uh we will disagree others can make it you know this audience can make up its own mind i just want to say about the facebook comments in general i find that facebook comments really don't represent terribly much because one day they're left and the other day they're right It just seems to vary with the weather around my part of the world, Um, and uh, I have long ago stopped worrying about um, a vote of confidence by the Facebook comments. And um, I'm not sure what your experience is, David. Might be different.
1: Well. I wish you all the best uh, and my prayers are, are with you as, as the hand at the helm of Eternity News. I acknowledge your job is much bigger than, than mine um, and much more important. You've got a much bigger platform, a much bigger reach, a much bigger voice. Um, and I understand that there are, are others' uh, agendas trying to drag you to the left and, and to the right. Um, and so my prayer is an encouragement to you for, for the effort I know you were making is to uh, keep it um, beholden to the word of God um, the authority of that as a as a Christian publication um, and and to be promoting a free-flowing uh, liberal inclusive gracious uh, civil and sincere conversation uh, not excluding Uh, any authors because of their views or excluding their views but um, But actually having free criticism which includes all the facts and and professional um, Context um, that the audience deserves. Um, I don't know why anybody would be afraid of criticism if the object is is truth Uh, It just needs to be fair and, and honest and I think you've demonstrated a great interest in that by your willingness to come on the show and have a difficult conversation with me Today, so uh, for the record, I love you as a brother in Christ, and uh, wish you every prosperity at the things you're trying to do with Eternity News.
0: Well, thank you. Um, have a very good um, night. I'll pretend it's night. And um, <laughs> and uh, I yeah, you know, I think we have to be prepared to accept criticism. So you know, if you yes, Kitty uh, as Australians, you know, if you, you stand up and you I'm about to lose juice on this thing. If you stand up and you say something, you know, hopefully that uh, that is for Christ, then somebody's gonna come along and kick you. We know that hopefully within the Christian context, the um, the, the people are wearing Ugg boots rather right? than hobnail boots. And, um, <laughs> you know, we, we made this all to survive and not get concussed. And with that, a very
1: good night. Thank you, John Sanderman, Editor-in-Chief of Eternity News. Good night.